Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to episode 28 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I'm Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. We're hoping you like the new format change and especially liking that we've chunked down these episodes for you to better fit into your busy schedule. Books, books, all the books I'll need, all the books, all the books I'll ever want. Thanks to that, Burgess Meredith. In episode 28, that would be this episode, we look at another John Gordon book published in 2015 and co-authored with former Atlanta Falcons head coach Mike Smith. John and Mike take turns throughout the book talking about leadership training and the fabulous you win in the locker room first, the seven C's to build a winning team in business, sports, and life. So Sam, what did you think of this book since it was one of your choices? Well, this uh, actually wasn't one of my choices. It was recommended to me by uh, Susan Burhas, a five-star pizza company. She runs the office there, and I was uh, lucky enough to do a manager training there with them. And she said, oh, you guys should read this book. So, um, so thanks, Susan, for that. So I liked it. Uh, you know, spoiler alert to anybody that's going to pick up the book. There's more than seven C's as you get nearing the end of the book, John and Mike go on about another sea and beyond the seas. And I'm not sure why we had to have the seven seas. Although today I was thinking because they're taking a voyage on the seven seas, the leadership. Yeah. I went there. Yeah. And it's amazing that their PR department or marketing didn't think to do that. Yeah. Or, or maybe they did and they had the same reaction you just had. It could be. You know, as you go through the book, John and Mike, they share experiences. John's, I think, is more of a more of an energy bus type story. It's kind of a, a ideas and, and thoughts around the seven C's. And Mike shares his experience uh, with his time at the Atlanta Falcons and how they turned the team around from, I think they were from like worst to first. And then he also talks about how he didn't stick to the seven C's in the last couple of years and the team started to downhill slide. So I like the fact that in the book, Mike took us on the journey from taking the team from where it was to where he wanted to be. And then when he got off of his principles of the seven C's that the team started to backslide a bit. So, you know, much like in the interview that we talked to Corey about when he said that his culture that they've created was kind of self-sustaining and I quickly jumped in there and said, no, I don't, I don't believe that to be true. I think Mike tells us a story of exactly how not focusing on the things that built your culture continually will make that team backslide. It's amazing to me that he was so forthcoming with that as well. The a uh, sense of awareness, right? Because a lot of us do something and after the fact might not see it. And Sam, you and I have talked about our, our exit from, from the mothership. And I don't know if I've ever said it on here, but I know for me, hindsight, I was a total jerk the last six months I was there. And I wasn't doing the things that got me to the places I was doing. The problem is in the moment. And, and this book can actually help some of that to keep you on track in the moment. 
right? You don't want to be like Mike or like me and look back and go, oh, that's where I left the rails. That's where it fell apart. That's great. You want to be in the moment and say, okay, wait, today was a bad day and I need to get back on track quick. And like I said, the book lays out ways to do that. I think the other thing that's important, you know, based on what you just said, I mean, both of us needed to leave. And I think both of us have been very forthcoming and have been very self-aware of how that happened. I think it's important to know that no matter for our listeners, what role you're in right now, you're going to have setbacks. And the easiest way to get past those setbacks is to do what our good friend Sheldon Port is talking about all the time. And that's take a strong look in the mirror and decide what you could have done better or how you could have controlled the situation better. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Heck, you might even get fired from a job that that you really, really enjoy. Um, but, but the trick is to figure out how that happened, why it happened, take the responsibility for your actions, much like Drew just did and I've done and, and Mike did in the book and move on and, and to the next thing because there's always a next thing. There is. So let's get into um, a couple of the C's with this new format, Sam, and having like 30 minutes to talk about the book. I don't want to give the entire book away. I think that if we like it, they they should still want to buy it. But I think we can get into a couple of the C's to to talk through some of it. How about you? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Um, you know, the first C, amazingly enough, is culture. You've got to build a culture if you want to have a winning team. You've got to build a culture if you want to have a restaurant that's going to perform at its highest level. And much like the energy bus. And when John talked about culture in the energy bus and how you do that and you get the right people on the team and you stick away from the energy vampires, you know, Mike was much the same way. You've got to have a great culture. And the thing that I think keeps coming up in every book we read about leadership is you can't manage people that you don't know. So you've got to create that culture by learning who's on your team and making sure that they understand that you care about them. It's amazing to me because you have a culture already in your store or on your team. The question really is, are you the one driving that culture or is the culture happening to you? Right. And that's where the contagious part in this, the second C kicks in the story in there about the mural. There are two separate ones, right? There's the mural on the wall where it's a football team because that's what Mike Smith did. And John was talking to a different football team. I want to say it was um, uh, college and they put a mural up on the wall. And whenever a player or a coach saw anybody being an energy vampire, they got their picture taken and put on the wall. And, and if you think about that for a minute, man, you don't ever want to be on the wall. So what's the easiest way to be on the wall? Find the positive, right? Don't just have a problem, have a solution. And, and it's an amazing way to quickly change your culture because who wants to be the negative Nelly? in the store. I think the unfortunate thing with the team members that we deal with is some of them do like to be the negative Nelly. And what you've got to do as a leader, regardless of how thin your schedule is, <laughs> you got to figure out a way to get those folks out or they're going to bring the whole team down. It's just, it's just so important that you don't have those folks on your team because one bad apple does spoil the whole lot. And I think that You've got to make sure that you, you don't fall into that trap. Take it one step further, Sam. I, I think those negative Nellies are the ones that hang on to the jobs. And then they're the ones that stop the good people from staying. And again, in the contagious part, it talks about, are you a germ or are you vitamin C? Right? Because whether you're negative or 
or positive, it's contagious. And you're going to pick up on the people around you and they're going to pick up on you. So the key here is to just, just get as many people going as possible that are positive. I think it was still in this section about no energy vampires allowed where John talks about talking with a group and it's the energy bus and the conversation's over and the head coach goes, okay, everybody leave except you 10. And John's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, those are my energy vampires. And I'm going to tell them that right now. And I want to see if they want to be on the bus. So John leaves, the rest of the team leaves and the coach sits these 10 down right there. You're either on the bus or you're not. And three of them said they're not. Bam, done. The other six said, I will be, I will be a positive influence. Okay, well, if they're not, they're going to be off the bus. So like that whole thought process of, of if you want this to actually be your culture and you want to say that you're a people first company and, and you're about positivity, then your first step is identify the negative and the, the, the energy vampires, tell them and see if they want to stay on the bus. I think that's hugely important. I mean, I think as we both read the energy bus, I mean, there were parts in it that were, I don't know, they were a little cheesy. I mean, I mean, let's face it. Oh, yeah. Printing out the tickets and giving people tickets to your bus. I mean, to me, I read that and I, I thought to myself, man, that's that's a great idea. I'd love to do it, but I don't know that I'd have the guts to do it. You know, you talk about our friends at Team Ports, a Sheldon Ports group. Uh, I don't know if you saw Stephanie's uh, post the other day on Facebook, but she she posted a picture of all the tickets she had printed out and got commitments from her managers to be on the bus. And much like Mike did with the Atlanta Falcons, my guess is anybody that didn't sign that ticket, Stephanie had a little conversation with and asked them if they wanted to be on the bus because the bus is going in great places and you want to be on this bus, but you've got to be committed. I love the fact that Mike had John come in. And in fact, if you look in the communication part, he talks about the power of an outside voice, which if you remember that piece, Drew, I mean, that had to speak loudly to, to you because it spoke really loudly to me because we are the outside voice that franchisees can get. You know, he goes out to say things that I've, that I've said to franchisees in the past that, you know, you're not going to hear a whole lot of different things from me. You're going to probably hear the same things you've been telling to your team, but they're going to hear it in a different voice. It's like when your kids come home from school and they're like, oh, mom, oh, dad, you're not going to believe what the teacher said. And on the inside, you're thinking to yourself, I've been saying that for the last nine months. Why are you now hearing it for the first time? So I love the fact that John talked about the importance of the power of the outside voice. And I love the fact that Mike came in right after that and talked about how he sat those 10 players down and said, you're energy vampires and you're either with us or you're against us. And if you're against us, then you got to go. Let's be perfectly transparent. If you're running an NFL team, you do not have a staffing problem. And if you tell three people they got to go, you're going to have them replaced. Tell the New York Jets that. <laughs> you're gonna... <laughs> I, I think they. <laughs> I, I think they've got a performance problem. I'm pretty sure their roster's full. You know, if you sit ten guys down and tell three of them they got to go, there's three guys waiting to get in. We don't have that luxury in our restaurants. So it's important that you're constantly recruiting and that you're constantly trying to upgrade your, your talent so that when you do have these conversations with your energy vampires, you've got some place to go. That's not going to put 30 more hours on your schedule without somebody to fill them. So, so we get that. Um, let's, let's not mince words about that or, or think we don't understand that. But I thought that was really important. What else in the book struck you? I, 
posted it on uh, one of the Facebook groups. In the book, Mike talks about doing an over 30 club because if you're over 30 in the NFL, it means you've been doing it for about 10 years. You're that veteran voice, the veteran leadership. And it wasn't so much like only during the season. He was very clear. He did four meetings a year through the entire year, get them all together and talk about the team because he wanted a team that hung out together after the games and after practice. And the vets knew what's up, right? They've been through the battles. They've been through the off seasons. They've been through the cuts, the trades. So they knew what's up. And, and I thought about that and I, it was one of those aha moments for me. So I just instantly went online because if you're doing years of service awards and I see tons of you are, whether it's five, 10, I mean, you don't want to make it like, you know, 40 years. So it's, you know, you know uh, Brian Edler, congrats, by the way. And then I saw somebody else posted a driver just hit 41. Hey, congrats. Like, that's not the idea to just have two people in this group, right? Like, but, but pick a group that's large enough where you get eight or 10 people, CSRs, drivers, AMs, GMs, who cares? Five years, 10 years, whatever that number is and pull them in and take them out to a nice dinner. And twice a year, four times a year, ask them what's going on. Make them like a, a, a shadow leadership group. Yeah, I loved that when I saw that on Facebook. And I saw that a couple other people in the group loved it as well. And imagine what that might do for your retention if you've got that two-year group or three-year group and you're, you're a manager that's close to getting into that group, getting into the club getting into something, you know, back to let them lead with John U. Bacon. He said, if you want to make it special, you got to make it hard and sticking around for two years, three years, five years, that's hard and make it special to be in that group. I think that's, that's fantastic. I love that you picked that up from the book and shared it with everybody on Facebook. That was, that was really, really good. The other piece for this, Sam is, and you know, I do the coach webinars from the DFA coach is cultivate, observe, accountability, communicate, and hiring. And it's hysterical because I placed a bet with my wife that accountability would be the number one registered event because everyone wants to hold everyone else accountable. And that's totally not what the class is. It's about what you do, but that's fine. It totally was the number one registered class. And I told her at the same time that communicate would be the worst because everyone believes they're a good communicator. And, and amazingly, it was the worst from a registration standpoint in this, the fourth box is, is communicate. And Mike goes through so many awesome ways as a leader, whether it's the walk around, whether it's scheduling time with every single person. And if you have too many people, high franchisee, you've got 160 people. You can't spend time with every driver. That's great, but you should spend time with the first level of direct reports and their reports, which for most franchisees would be a supervisor or two and, and your GMs like, Oh my gosh, there's so much power in, in one-on-one communication, not just having that meeting. And, and he describes it. And it's, again, that's the, the part of this book. The John Gordon part is very much like energy bus. And then Mike Smith is very much, and this is how I did it and broke it and forgot and fixed it. And it's very much that manual to do it. That was another piece I just love the way he described how he communicated with that enormous organization in the NFL. Yeah, I thought that was great. You know, the other part of the book that I really like, it kind of goes on our conversation that we had with Corey last week. He talked about the difference between macro and micro leadership. And when he talks about micro leadership, what he's not talking about is micromanagement. 
So there are small things that you've got to teach and you've got to be there and you've got to tell them this is the process for that. And there are large things where you've got to tell them the outcome that you desire and let them find their own way to get there. I think that's really important for our managers in our restaurants to understand that there's things that you simply have to teach. And there's things that you simply have to tell them what the outcome you want is and give them some coaching and help them along the way. But, you know, if Drew's running store A and I'm running store B and he organizes his walk-in differently than I do, if we're still both making quality pizzas to spec and running our food costs to whatever the goal is our franchisee has, then we don't need to go in and say, well, you should organize your walk-in this way because that's the way I did it. That's not what needs to happen. You have to make the pizzas this way because that's what Domino's Pizza says and there's standards and there's recipes and that's micro leadership. But how you go about getting to your SPLH or running your labor or running your food cost, the things that you're doing to get there, those processes can be your own and those are that's macro leadership. So I thought that was a really nice piece in the book as well. It's amazing how we can just keep going on and on about this book because there's so many pieces and um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to, to six for commitment where he talks about ego. And I know for me, that's always been one of my, why my personal negatives is that when somebody gives me feedback, it goes, it goes right to me. And, and for years I took it as an attack and I, I know, I know like, Kissinger, oh my gosh, what, 15 years ago, feedback is a gift. Like, like it's been around forever. I know that I've caught that. And that doesn't matter when the critical moment came, my ego got in the way in the book to talk about how it's about commitment. And it's, I mean, literally the two sections back to back, or it's not about you and then lose your ego. And it's the only way you can commit to it because you're committing to the whole team. It's not about you. So it's just really good pieces in this and how to do it. Um, how about you, Sam, anything from the, um, from commitment or on or beyond? Yeah. You know, when you talk about that ego thing, I, I mean, at one point I worked with you and I think for you, and, uh, I don't think there's any secret that, um, ego might've been a challenge for me as well at one point. And the older I get, the more I realize that, it's okay to be proud of the things you've done, but there is a complete difference between competence and confidence and arrogance. And if you can't keep your ego in check, you get into that, you get into that arrogance category and folks, I think get turned off by that. I I don't think folks get turned off by a sense of confidence and a sense of, you know, I, I know what I'm able to do and I feel like I'm pretty good at it. But I think they definitely get turned off by the arrogance piece. And when I was down with uh, Aaron Mullins in Florida, one of her supervisors said to me, and, and it just rings through and I share it every chance I get. And that's, he says, you know, I tell my people all the time, do you want to be effective or do you want to be right? Because even though you're going to be right, it doesn't always mean you're going to be effective. So you've got to find out what people's currency is and you've got to play to their ego, not yours. And that's very difficult, especially if you're a young leader and you're trying to prove yourself. It is a tough lesson to learn and it's a long lesson to learn. And the sooner you can get there and get out of the way of your own ego, you you know, you talked about John Kissinger 
if I had a dollar for every time John looked at me and said, dude, you are your biggest roadblock, I, I, I'd, have, uh, I, I'd have enough money for dinner. I want to clarify something with this ego piece, though. This is about building the team and serving the team and committing to the team, right? So for those of you who are an AM looking to be a GM and you get pulled in for that GM interview, you're a GM looking to be a supervisor, you get pulled in for that supervisor interview. That's the place to show ego. That interview, when you're, when you're trying to get that next gig, that's the time to say, I did this. That's what is expected. And that's perfectly okay. In front of the team, it's back to the new one minute manager, right? Look out, look out the window when it's good and look in the mirror when it's bad. And that's, that's where this lose the ego piece comes in. So I just want to clarify that because I know I've had team members who have struggled with that, especially when it's around the trainers, because what did you really do as a trainer? Well, I led the class and then they had to go do something and, it, and it's really fuzzy. So when you're interviewing, you take credit for what you've done. When you're walking with your team, look out the, look out the window when it's good and look in the mirror when it's bad. Yeah, I think that's really important. In the beyond stuff, when he gets, when he gets out of the seven seas on, on shore, he says, be passionate, not emotional. And one of the things that I'm teaching folks now, especially when we're talking about crucial conversations and holding people accountable, is I don't believe as human beings, we have any control whatsoever over our emotions. Your emotions just happen. What great leaders do is they've got a filter between their emotions and their verbal responses. So somebody does something and you get mad or you get angry or you get short on the inside, that's going to happen. And I think that's just normal human beings being normal human beings. What great leaders do is they process those emotions, they put them through their filter and they decide how is the best way for them to be effective. Even though being mad or being angry is right, what's the best response to be effective? So for me, being passionate is taking those raw emotions, putting them through your leadership filter, and then giving verbal responses that is going to help the team fill in the performance gaps and get to the next set of experiences for the customers and your next set of things that you want to accomplish in your restaurant. So I really like the passionate and emotional part. I'm a huge fan that the the first one in that is integrity. That's always been a driving one for me. If if you lie to me, it just doesn't matter. And we're just done on the corporate side. That just like drove people nuts. Cause if I caught you cheating service or floating food, I just didn't care what you had to say anymore. Cause I couldn't trust anything that came out of you. So I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan. If, if the team knows honesty will be rewarded. Right. And, and I don't know about you, but that's the way I raised my kids. We don't care what you did. If you lie to us, the punishment's going to be so much worse. I was an evaluator for six years. And I think anybody that was in that Midwest region that's still around knew that if you were honest and straightforward with me, there was almost never a nine on your ending score. We would find something that we could coach and not grade. But the moment you lied to me, everything became black and white and your score was your score. I wasn't looking for anything extra. I wasn't trying to punish you for lying, but I was absolutely going to give you the exact score that you had earned. Whereas if we were open and we were honest and we were trying to make the restaurant better and trying to make you better as a leader and trying to do what was best for the brand, then there was always something that you could say, we talked about this. 
We didn't score it today. We coached it and we helped to get you from a three to a four or from a two to a three or from a one to a two or a zero to a one. So we could help them feel better about themselves. But yeah, integrity is so, so important. You know, I was talking with the gang at Five Star Pizza Company and, and one of Eric's core values is integrity. You got to have integrity if you want to be successful for the long term. People can lie, cheat and steal and have success in the short term, but it's not going to have anything that has longevity. Doesn't matter what level you're at, it catch up up to you. Just uh, if you're young enough not to remember, just Google Enron. Yeah, no kidding. Or or any one of uh, the fireball stories from the past. And sure, I'm sure there's some coming in the future. No kidding. Hey, Sam, I think we're at the point where it's time for that final review. I like it. So is this going on the prize table, the desk, the shelf, or in the donation bin? Or are you pulling a Drew? I'll not be pulling a Drew. And I'm kind of in between, but I think it's going to end up on my shelf. It's something that I might want to look back in, or I might be talking to a specific client or general manager where I think something in this book would speak to them individually. I don't think it speaks to everyone in in a way such as Let Them Lead did or the Energy Bus did or the coffee bean. Oh my God, remind me to tell you my coffee bean story. Holy cow. Uh, but for this one, it's going to be on the shelf. And John, another great book. My goodness gracious. We haven't heard from you yet, but we'd love to get you on this podcast. I agree with the second part and oddly with where it's going. I'm putting mine on the shelf and I was in the exact same spot that this is one of those things that that if a client asked for it, this is a great roadmap that I could help them with and, and do something with them around. But yeah, I think it's uh, on the shelf as well. Yeah. So, so definitely on the shelf is uh, you win in the locker room first, the seven C's to building a winning team in business, sports and life. All right. Uh, before I wrap it up, I'm just going to tell you my coffee bean story because I'm just so over the moon with how the team that I introduced this took to it. All right, go for it. I was doing a uh, above store leadership meeting with Eric Arnston and Five Star Pizza Company. And I took, uh, I probably took 10 copies of the coffee bean with them and I made them some little posters that says, be a coffee bean. And I did, gosh, I want to say seven, eight minute presentation on the book because my gosh, longer than that. And it would have just been reading it page by page. But I challenged them to read the book that day and then give it to someone uh, in the organization. And, uh, you know, Eric's been kind enough to put me on his team five-star pizza company page. And then the last, gosh, I think it was there maybe 12 days. In the last 12 days on that page, I've seen pictures of at least 20 team members holding the book and saying, we've got another coffee bean at Team Five Star Pizza Company. And uh, I was just, I don't know about you, but it's always cool to see stuff that we've put in front of team members that they have embraced and they're running with. And uh, Team Five Star Pizza Company and the coffee bean, they are not running with this. They are on a rocket ship with this thing. And it just, it makes my heart smile every time I see another post. So, So that's my story about the coffee bean. The shortest book we've ever done. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Along those lines, I follow John Gordon on Twitter and someone reposted that it was, I think it was a hospital and they bought one book and put everybody's name on the bookmark and we're passing the book around. And, and if you're listening and you want to buy it for your store, it's such a short book. Do exactly that. Put everybody on the bookmark 
and let them let them sign off that they've read the book and then pass it around. It doesn't need to be on everybody's shelf, but it needs to be passed around. Huge fan. And and we're going to end up doing a whole nother segment on that probably down the road because that's what it is. So, Sam, let's I think you like land this plane last episode. You want to do that again? Yeah, I think we'll land this plane again. And just one more plug, John Gordon, that's three books we're plugging for you. So for goodness sake, come on the podcast with us. Hey, thanks so much for listening. We hope you're enjoying this new format change. Tune in next week when Drew and Sam actually talk training. (laughs) We'd love it if you'd share these episodes with your friends, like them, follow us and subscribe. This has been episode 28 of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I'm Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I'm Sam with Bowser Consulting. As always, gang, go out, sell more pizzas. And have more fun. That's all, folks.